Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. family welcome back into church online uh, to those of you that are watching from home or in your car uh, we are so glad that you've tuned in I'm so glad that you are watching today uh, we have something really special in store for you uh, as you can see I'm joined on stage here with two incredible men uh, Darius Brown officer Brown mm -hmm. and coach Jerome Tang of your Baylor Bears, come on, everybody, give your good sickum. Hey. Let's do it. Uh, these men mean a lot to me. They mean a lot to the church. You probably have seen them around the church, and uh, that's because they're leaders not just in their home, not just here at church, but around the community. And today we're gonna we're gonna discuss and bring to you something uh, that, in a lot of ways, is a very weighty and heavy subject, but it's a very much needed conversation, and. Uh, it's just a real joy that we have with us two men of great rapport, but men that I respect, men that are not just um, uh, leaders in their careers, but they're, our, they're family men. They're men uh, with wives and kids. Come on, you got a kid on the way now, so uh, it's exciting. But as we, as we cover today, there's just been so much thing, so many things that have happened in our country. We just felt it was pressing. Now is the time to stand up, to speak up, and to speak to what's happening in our nation. And uh, over the last three months, uh, the black community has seen three tragic, uh, horrible deaths. Some would even say murders. And two of them have been at the hands of law enforcement. And... We would be remiss if we did not speak to this. Uh, you've heard us say around Glory Bell that one of the things we want to be known for is a church that is a diverse church. And last week we talked about the Holy Spirit empowers us to live on mission. And the mission of Glory Bell Church is very much inclusive of a diverse congregation, diverse in uh, not just race, not just uh, age, not just in social economic status, but all the above. And as we're walking through this, uh, it just really pressed on my heart. The Lord spoke to me and just really pressed me to move right out of the Stay Woke series into a series about the Holy Spirit. But in particular today, how can the Holy Spirit empower us as men and women, as believers, to withstand the pressures of this pandemic, which spans far greater than COVID-19. But right now we're experiencing the pandemic of racism and police brutality and riots and protest. 
And it is with a heavy heart, but with a grateful heart that I get to share the stage with two men that I have so much respect for. So uh, as we dive in, I just want to give you just uh, the layout. I want to make sure that you know that there's pretty much three things that we're looking for you to take away. Number one, we want to make sure that you know where we stand as a church. Uh, I'm hoping that at the end of our conversation, you realize where we stand as Glory Bell Church, as a leadership, and how we're going to face this as a church going forward. The second thing that I really want us to do uh, inside of this conversation today is to show how you and how I and how we can pause and we can say a prayer of repentance. Lord, search us. Search our hearts. Know our hearts. See if there's any wickedness in our hearts because uh, we know that a repentant heart, God will not turn away. And when we have a moldable, mendable like uh, a heart that turns towards him, he is going to be able to use that. And it gives us clarity and it softens our hearts. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is uh, I want us to learn how we can moving forward, how we can be part of the solution. Give us some practical ways that us as individuals, us as families, us as the white community can properly respond to the black community but not just the practical ways, but how can the power of the Holy Spirit empower us inside of this? You know, I've seen so many posts online. I've said it, I believe, in last week's sermon. Sometimes I wish people would do a little more praying before the posting. Mm -hmm. uh, but yet, there is a place for the posting in our world today. Social media and that platform is one of the most powerful ways that you can get a message out and to stand for truth and stand for injustice. And we know that Scripture is clear uh, Justice is at the very heart of our, who our God is. Mm -hmm. So posting has its place. And yet there's many lanes that we can run in. And I just want to let you off the hook today. Our hope is not to in any way, shape or form shame anyone for what they are saying or what they're not saying, but instead to educate. I'm asking that you would just lean in for the next 25, 30 minutes here and lean in, get on the edge of your seat, open up your heart, open up your mind, and listen, see what you can learn from the conversations that we're having with Coach Tang and, and Darius. And then uh, most of all, how can we better love one another? Yeah. Because we truly are better together. And to yeah. get us started, I kind of gave a little bit of your bios, but yeah. uh, Darius, why don't you take, take the lead and share with everybody a little bit who you are, how you got to where you are today as a newlywed expecting mm -hmm. a little baby girl. Yeah. So my name is Darius Brown. I grew up right here in the heart of Waco, Texas. All right. Um, I grew up here in a low income family. My mom was a single parent. Um, I did have a relationship with my dad, but we did not. He did not. Uh, he lived out of town and um, graduated from Waco ISD, um, went to college at Stephen F. Austin uh, University. And I was one of the first college uh, grandkids on my mom's side of the family. So that was a big deal for them. I was a criminal justice major. Okay. Um, I had experienced a lot of hurt in my family um, with, with the men primarily, um, just not being able to uh, hold good jobs and stay, stay out of addiction. And so um, my family was really proud of me for being one of the first generation, first gener generational kids and also um, a lot of my family were either in jail or getting out of jail mm -hmm. my whole life. Um, my, my uncle was murdered uh, when I was really young. And I don't remember him well, but I remember the hurt that it had my family that, that they went through. 
And when I was in the second grade, I told my mom, I'm gonna be a police officer when I grow up so I can help families find justice. Because wow. she said, you know, they're not gonna, they don't care, you know, that he's dead and he was a, he wasn't a bad person. He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna ever find justice. I said, oh, that hurt my heart that- As a second grader. At a second grader and I wrote a paper and, and my teacher name was Miss Curtis. And she told me, you write a paper about what you're gonna be when you grow up. And I wrote that paper. And she said, did you write this paper? I was like, yeah, my mom made sure I wrote this paper. And so it was uh, something I'll never forget. And so uh, following wow. through my dream, I graduated from the police academy in 2014 and found my first job. And I got started patrolling Hillsboro for three years. And in, in my field, I loved it. Um, long story short, I ended up starting a mentor program because I seen the hurt in our community um, in Hillsboro. Um, and I wanted, um, minority young minorities growing up i wanted them to be educated and i wanted them to um know the law yeah. and know that they could be do and be better and so i started a mentoring program um and yeah i'm now serving with you at glory bell church serving youth and now um, i'm a police officer in waco so i'm super and you excited met micah through uh the boys and girls club or serving like-minded yes. yes so i did i mean my i did meet my wife through um serving in east waco and we're just serving kids. And um, we've been married, got married in January. Woo! Let's go. And we already have a baby on the way. <laughs> See how fast that happens. Come on, so, congratulations. Um, so we're super excited. Life is moving fast, but I'm so like grateful to be here because this is important. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in and being a part of what we got going here at Glory Bell. But also thanks for being willing to have this conversation with me and to share this moment with our church family. Uh, I don't want to stop too much here, but that just, I didn't know that you were going to say that about a uh, second grade paper and my son, he's going into second grade wow. and that just like resonates with me and, and the tenderheartedness of my son, Renly. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, I made a post about this situation just the other day and the post that I made, and we'll get into Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, but that was a statement that I posted, All Lives do not matter unless black lives matter. And as soon as I posted it, I had some feedback. And uh, But it was interesting because I, I got on the phone to kind of clarify with that person. I had a relationship with them and wanted to set them at ease and help them understand how I came to that statement and conclusion. And Renly, two days, he was in the back seat and he heard that conversation. And two days later, we we're driving in the car and he said, Dad, you remember that phone call you had in the car? And I said, yeah. He said, you should preach that. Wow. He said, you should preach that on Sunday. And I said, wow. why? And he said, because I could tell you, you were just like, you were preaching it. <laughs> <laughs> and he could just tell in yes. that conversation in the backseat as a second grader, the mm -hmm. passion that was inside of my heart for mm -hmm. this very topic. So that, again, resonates with me. All right, Coach Tang, tell us, tell the people watching a little bit about yourself. How'd you get to where you are? Well, uh, my name is Jerome Tang, and I'm the associate head basketball coach at Baylor University. Uh, we just completed our 17th year uh, together with Coach Drew. Um, I was a high school basketball coach and youth pastor at First Assembly of God in Cleveland, Texas. And I was the basketball coach at Heritage Christian Academy for 10 years before I came to Waco. Okay. And uh, God blessed me with this opportunity to be here. Um, I'm married to... Uh, Karelian Tang, and we've been married August 
second will be 23 years. Come on, that uh, is we awesome. We have a 19-year-old boy, Seven Tang, and a 16-year-old girl, Island Tang. Okay. And um, uh, Seven's going to be a freshman at Baylor, and Island's going to be a junior at Live Oak Classical. And so um, I've just lived an extremely blessed life. I was born in Trinidad. Okay. Yeah, my, my mom is Indian, and my dad is half black and half Chinese. No and way. So, oh, yeah, the staff messes with me all the time because I can, like, be anything. I'm like Paul. I become all things <laughs> to all men if by some means I might wow. win some. So um, I, I, this, this topic is, is very, um, hits me in a lot of ways. Oh, man. My, my, my favorite Sunday school teacher growing up uh, was Officer Darling. He was a police officer. Okay. And uh, he got killed in the line of duty. Mm. And my, my roommate when I was in Minnesota, uh, Marshall Collier, is a, a Minneapolis police officer. Wow. And him and my brother are roommates now, one of my dearest friends. So, no way. Oh, yeah, I've got a, yeah. I've You've got, got a, great, a lot invested in this right lot, now. A lot invested all the way around. Well, um, thank you for jo joining us. And um, you and I have had a short conversation outside of this setting and uh, I'm grateful that you agreed to be a part of this, and I didn't even know the full extent of what you just shared there. So uh, what you guys are going to share today is going to help us leave here better. And I'm, that's our prayer for you is um, that you hear something that from a different perspective, and it helps shift your uh, ideology and maybe helps give you a, a stronger revelation of what's most important, and that is the love of God, because we need love at a time like this. Mm -hmm. uh, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Man, we need love. And um, so let me just ask you guys to help us get um, the ball rolling. Uh, when I say the names of these three that have lost their lives, whether it's Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery or George Floyd, what, what, is, what comes to mind? What is uh, the emotions that rings true? What are your thoughts? Um, my first thought is just being heartbroken. You know, um, I'm a, just thinking today, just like, we, we don't know those names personally, but the Bible of Romans 12 tells us there are more of those who are mourning, mm. you know, more than anything. Like my heart breaks for those families because, um, those lives were taken. And so, uh, I can definitely relate especially to the men who uh, were murdered, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and George. I just can see myself being in that situation mm -hmm. because outside of a uniform, I am a black male. And a lot of times it runs through my, it, it comes to my mind, these people don't know that you're a cop, mm -hmm. you know? And so there is a fear that um, I am faced with because they don't know that I'm a cop in uniform i get a lot more respect and a lot more handshakes and smiles and thank you for your service but outside of that i it's totally different mm. and so that's my initial thoughts yeah like you i'm i'm brokenhearted but like i'm brokenhearted with a sense of responsibility like i had something to do with this mm. and i say that because uh, three years ago, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee uh, to raise awareness of the injustice that was taking place in our country, 
and the lives that were being lost at the hands of police officers. Um, a lot of athletes wanted to do the same thing and college athletes did and I, I was one of the, the coaches on our staff. My brother was in the military, right? he was in, mm. in the Air Force. And so, you know, I, I shared with our guys that how, you know, scripture requires us to give honor to whom honor is due and we stand for the national anthem because we're honoring the guys who gave their lives for our country. Um, and now I think, man, did I do the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. Because maybe if we had led the way as black men leading young black men uh, in athletics, if we had led the way and um, brought more attention to that, maybe that doesn't happen to Breonna Taylor. Maybe that mm -hmm. doesn't happen to Mark. Maybe that does not happen to Big Floyd, who's from Houston, Texas. Right. You know, maybe that doesn't happen because this awareness is such that we evoke change and we make people have uncomfortable com conversations. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do it at that time. Mm -hmm. And Pastor, I don't want three years from now to look back and say we didn't have the uncomfortable conversations or I was concerned about how our boosters and alumni would respond to our guys kneeling or me kneeling because I was concerned about my job. Yeah. All right. Uh -huh. And so I, I, I got a greater thing to answer to now. I have a 19 year old son who I have to apologize. I have to look at him and say, man, I don't know that I did the right thing, but I'm going to do the right thing this time. Mm. Man, that is, wow. that's a strong message and it's, it's convicting. I wasn't in a place of, you know, leadership of a coach, but I got to admit watching Colin Kaepernick, like you said, three years ago, having family that served in the military, just, mm -hmm. it was hard for me to understand the message and uh, in, in sense, in light of the tra tragic accidents that with these three, mm -hmm. three lives and many others probably that, that haven't got the same publicity, I'm beginning to see it in a different light. And mm -hmm. already just that repentant heart that we talked about, I can sense that with you. And, and that's very much my heart too, because man, getting, get to where we are now, I see it differently. And um, man, that was a strong message. Well, you talked about the the words that you've had to say to your son in the day since. You talked a little bit about uh, off camera even. You said going back as a police officer, um, you've already seen some opposition or talk about that a little bit because you you're in a rare seat because mm -hmm. you are a young black man, mm -hmm. but you're also an officer of the law. Mm -hmm. And right now, in some, in some ways, it seems like those two are at odds with one another right. and you fit in both categories. So tell us about that. Yeah, so um, in uniform, I can kind of get, a lot of times I'll get the looks like, you are one of them. And that breaks me, it breaks my heart. Um, a lot of times I, 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 I wonder, is this my calling? Because there's so much, I mean, I try to take three good steps forward, but then when an incident occurs, I'm taking five steps back, you know? And so I'm like, is this my calling? And I'm reminded that it is um, time and time again, um, you know, raising a family, you're like, what can I do to make more money? You know, what can I do? You know, when, when, when things start coming up or what, what can I do to make another difference or, or make it, what else can I do to make a difference? But um, I'm reminded that when I get into the workplace and I am a minority, I'm making change within my department. You know, um, 
me being a minority at any police department that I work at is giving that system a diversity, which we need it. Mm-hmm. And I've even um, considered, like I, I told um, my my supervisor, they'll, they'll be real quick about, hey, let's pray before we start, especially in these times. Like it, every whatever event we're having, hey, let's just pray, you know. And I'm just reminded that, you know, like this is the right season that I'm in. The, I'm in the right position for for the, in this season, and. It, it does get overwhelming. And I've, I've even shared it with my, some of my social media friends. I don't know if this is what I really want to do. You know, it's hard for me right now. I'm yep. in a difficult, I'm having difficult conversations, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and so they tell me, hey, you're doing a good job. You're, you know, you, you being in that position, like those kids look up to you and say, I can do that now. You know, I have that, I have um, that opportunity when they see me, I have those relationships that I'm building that sometimes if I'm working with kids, they want to build a relationship with someone who looks like them. So I have an advantage. So I do, um, it is a hard battle to fight, but I think um, I'm just going to keep fighting the fight. Find the good fight. Did yeah. you say in that already since you've been back, people have... Yeah. So since I've been back, I work, I work, um, I don't work for patrol. So people... When I went back to work, people were already like, hands up, don't shoot. And, you know, they'll look at me and say, hey, I'm scared of you. Like, I walk into the school just today, they're like, I'm scared of you because I saw a black shadow, but not because you're black. You know, like, there's been a big deal. Like, everywhere I go, like, there's been the weird looks like, ah, oh, can't believe y'all did that. And uh, my heart just wants to apologize. Like, I'm sorry for all the things that you've seen. I'm sorry for all these things. And, you know, I'll do anything to get your trust. And uh, that's kind of where I am. Yeah, so how do you respond to those that are angry at all law enforcement and mm-hmm. rioting with it, which we see right now? You know, there's a difference mm-hmm. between the protests and the riot. And uh, we've been fortunate here in Waco that everything has been peaceful at this time. Mm-hmm. But again, you're in, a, you're in a unique situation because you are a police officer, but you're also a black mm-hmm. man, and you, you've experienced racism and systematic racism, systemic, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So how, what, are you, what do you say to those guys that are just all against law enforcement mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, um, I can understand your frustration <laughs> because even, like I said, even outside of the uniform, when I'm... I'm waiting on the day where I have to explain to an officer that I'm a police officer too, and my PID number is 410353. My badge number is 98. And so I have mm. to prepare myself for that moment. I'm waiting on that moment. Um, even before I got into law enforcement, wow. my dad, he um, he had an SUV and it drank a lot of gas. So he said, you drive my SUV, I'm gonna drive your Honda because I can I can get ready to go with that. But his, his SUV was kind of flashy. And when I was driving it as a high school kid, I would get pulled over every day. And they're like, why are you driving this car? Who, who, whose car is this? No you know? Way, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, right now my car is not flashy, so I don't have as much problems, but it's just, um, I'm waiting on that moment. I understand your frustration, you know? Um, I think like Coach Tang said, we are gonna be a part of this change because our heart is broken. Not that we're gonna sit down and, and just weep, but at the same time, our heart is broken, and it's time for us to stand up and speak up and let's make change in our community. And I'm a big advocate of change. I want to get 
as many people as I can on board. Chuck knows that, you know, um, we're mentoring kids, we're consistent, we're building relationships. We have people um, coming together for community events that never would speak to each other in a normal setting. And we're trying our best and we're putting our best foot forward to see those um, that bridge to be gapped. Yeah. yeah. Pastor, I don't know if you heard what he said, but this is a police officer who says he's trained himself to learn his badge number, his mm. PID number, so that when he gets pulled over, he knows what he's gonna say in order to de-escalate the situation. Mm. So if he's a police officer that's trained mm -hmm. to handle chaotic situations and he has to get himself ready, yeah. I, I have to think about when I get in the car, and I, I, I think for people out there um, who don't understand, I, or you can't understand, it's like uh, a lady who goes to the mall in the evenings mm -hmm. has to make sure that she parks her car under light yeah. so that if she comes out when it's dark, it's safe for her. She has to know to get her keys out early so that she doesn't have to dig through a purse to get it mm -hmm. because that's something that, that, that all young ladies and, and women have to do. Right. Pastor, you and I don't have to do that. Yeah. We park wherever we want to, we walk out this yeah. and then the other. Well, you know what we have to do? Before we get in the car to leave, we have to know, okay, where's my wallet? Is my insurance? I know if I see a police officer, I'm gonna sit up straight. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna try and, if I get pulled over, I have to make sure I pull over in a lighted area. Mm -hmm. And I do it on the, in, on the, the correct side of the road. Uh, yeah. When when the police are, when I get pulled over, I immediately try and get my my wallet out and you know my insurance so that I'm not digging for anything, mm -hmm. right? I'm not gonna touch my phone. Man. I put down my window. I don't get out of my car and both hands are on the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. I have to rehearse that. I have to teach my son that. I have to have mm -hmm. that conversation with him over and over and over about what he's gonna do if he gets pulled over, what he has to do. If they ask me for something that I don't have out, I have to know and say, look, I have to reach in here to get something yeah. before I move. And I don't move quickly. Mm -hmm. I move so I have to go through that. That's my biggest fear when I leave the office late at night to go home, is not about getting in a car accident. It's about taking the route home that's gonna give me the most lighted area so that I can get to the house safely because if I get pulled over late at night, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm a guy of privilege, Yeah. right? I have the, the card that can de-escalate a situation. Like you have your number, your, your badge. I have the, hey, I'm Coach Tang with Baylor Men's Basketball. Yeah. And that will at least, I have my, my ID, mm -hmm. my Baylor ID, so that they can see it, like when I'm getting stuff yeah. out of my wallet. Mm. Like, I, I do that. Like, those are things that all black male have to do. And if we don't train our sons to yeah. do that, then we are setting them up for failure. Mm -hmm. But you won't have to have that conversation with Riley. Yeah. You know, you don't have to think about that. So if him as a police officer, who's trained, has to train himself to act differently. What does that tell you about our thoughts on police officers? And you remember, my favorite Sunday school teacher was one. Yeah. And my roommate was a police officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you mentioned your son, and I was, I'm curious, has he... Uh, how, how does he feel about all of this? I mean, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing what he thinks about it, but I've, I've wondered, like, man, if my son 
wanted to, he's not of age, of course, right now, but what if he wanted to be part of these protests? And mm-hmm. like, do you have to answer that type of question? What about, maybe it's not your son, but you have influence with no, all these se- athletes. Pastor Seven wanted to go to the protest, and I went with him. And I was afraid. That's why I went with him, because I was afraid for that something could happen. Mm-hmm. But I was only afraid that something can happen because of what's being ran on TV over and over and over. Mm-hmm. They're not showing all the peaceful protests. That's mm-hmm. so true. They're not showing the pastors and the leaders. The, no. They're not showing the police officers that are walking in the marches with the people arm in arm holding up. They, they, don't, mm-hmm. they don't show that. No. All they show is the fires and the burnings and the bad. And it, put, it puts fear in good people. Yeah. It builds the narrative that we're bad, mm-hmm. okay, that, yeah. that black people are bad. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And, and so good people stay at home and they don't go protest and mm-hmm. we don't know how, how they feel. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so we see that as silent. Mm-hmm. So what do we say? Oh, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's the media, they're running this thing over and over and over. And that, I mean, TV stations have to, we, we, this is an accountability. TV stations have to take accountability for their actions. I agree 100%. Okay? Just like police officers and police mm-hmm. chiefs have to take accountability for their actions and the actions of their subordinates. That, that's something that has to be addressed. I think that's, man, you hit it on the head with that because it does. Good people incites fear. And to people that already feel slighted, it adds fuel to the fire. It mm-hmm. just incites anger. And um, I found it really interesting that 10, 12 days ago, everybody was in a panic about coronavirus mm-hmm. because that's what the media was telling us, which it's a very virile virus. We've all, I think, probably known somebody who's had it or, you know, had a coworker who passed away from it. I had uh, uh, a longtime friend that's been impacted. I've had friends get it, but since then, everybody's there's a new fear in town, and it's all driven by what we see on media. And so, mm-hmm. I love what you said. Everybody needs to be held accountable, whether it's the police officers mm-hmm. or it's these uh, the media, because that is we all do have a part to play in that. You talked about. Uh, um, what is being said. I'm just curious, you know, hearing your thoughts. I have found myself as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, as a part of the white community, not knowing what to say, Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing I need to say something uh, because I don't want to be a part of this silence is violence group, you know, that we can get lumped into. And if you're, if you're not saying anything, then you're part of the problem. Well, I got I, I, I just a moment of confession and repentance to you guys. I got upset about that because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not silent. Every single weekend as a pastor, when our church is diverse, I'm, I'm speaking a message that we're better together and that we need to come together. But even in that, I've learned that's even a different argument. There's, there's an argument that we need to stop racism. And so I'm just curious, what would you prefer people to say of the white community? What is, a, what is an appropriate response? Um, I would love to hear what you guys think on that. Well, um, for the people who have reached out to me, my white friends, co-workers, um, just the fact that they've reached out, it lets me know that they see. And they say you can't change what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And so the fact oh, that they oh. see the problem 
that there is a problem and they were willing to reach out. It meant the world mm -hmm. to me because it could That's start good. the conversation. Mm -hmm. And th they're uncomfortable conversations, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, but, but it starts the conversation. Mm -hmm. and I think uh, society and those who would want to keep us divided like to nitpick on words. Mm -hmm. You know, like, well, you said this or you said, you, no, say, say something, mm -hmm. you know, say something. Let, 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 let the people that are different than you, your black friends, the black people you work with, the minorities that, that you do business with, let them know that you see and that you care. Mm -hmm. You may not be able to understand or even empathize because you've never gone through so it, good. but you see and that you care. Yeah. And by doing that, it starts the conversation. But, you know, racism, it's like, that's the, I mean, racism is more American than apple pie and baseball. I mean, that's 1619 was the first slaves that came over and there was slavery for 254 years or 48 years. And then there was the Jim Crow laws. And so, you know, I mean, so it's gonna be there and it existed 2000 years before that in other places. So it's, it's not about, like I can't change your mind. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus can change our hearts mm -hmm. and that's what we want, but we can impact the systemic racism that exists mm -hmm. in institutions like the police department, mm -hmm. right. like the justice system. Yeah. You know, we can, we can impact those and that's what we need the white community to stand up and say, no, things have to change. Mm -hmm. And we need people to not just feel bad, but mm -hmm. like you said, repent. Yeah. yeah. That means mm -hmm. change. Right. Yeah. Go the other way. Yeah. You were going to say something on that, that, that question about um, just how, how we're, we're responding. What, what is an appropriate response? Yeah. Um, I think, what's uh, that, Pastor Tang? Hey, man, he was <laughs> hey, patient over there. It's in his DNA. I think, I think Tang really did a good job about that. Um, one big thing, one key for me is just listening. Um, don't be defensive. That's the yeah. wrong thing Gosh, to do. Gosh, that's mm. so good. You want to prove, yes, that but, all lives matter, but why do they do this? Yeah. How can you do this? Yeah. And we talked about this before. In October, we celebrate breast cancer awareness. We don't say, what about heart disease? We don't say, what about, you know, lung cancer? Right. We celebrate breast cancer, and we may not even know anybody with breast cancer, but we still buy the shirts, we still wear pink, and we still pink yes. out basketball we still support it because that's what we're talking we, we're going to raise by topic. awareness of it we're yes. going to raise awareness and i just think that listening and not being defensive even if you like you said you cannot relate you say okay let let me understand it's not um you know you, it's easier for you to say it doesn't exist to me it ain't, it ain't me that's doing it you know then say let me lean in let yeah. me hear let me um you know, let me mourn because a life was lost. Yeah, man, that's so good. Uh, I, I just, in preparation for this, I heard it said, you, before you stand up and speak up, you need to sit down Yes. and have a conversation. And uh, again, a moment of confession and repentance, I think that defensive that you've talked about, that's been me in years past. Um, because not defensive in the sense of, uh, y'all are wrong, but defensive because it's hard for me to understand racism. I don't mean to sound prideful, but I don't consider myself that. But I also like, 
I mean, my Renly's first buddy who spent the night at his house is a is a black kid. You know, um, the guy, the first guy that preached here at this church was a black man. But for me to be defensive and, and be ignorant of it, mm-hmm. and not allow like that to resonate in me, that it's a lot bigger than just what my sphere influence is. And even though maybe I wasn't racist, I still had growth points. Mm-hmm. Just the, like you're talking about uh, with, with the Colin Kaepernick deal. I was that guy, you know, that was like, wait, what is he doing? He's got such an agenda. That's the wrong way to go about it. And then while I disagree with the writing, it definitely gives explanation of, you know, if you, if you don't listen to them when they kneel quietly mm-hmm. and you yeah. don't change anything with a peaceful protest, then what, what is it going to take? Mm-hmm. And uh, had a conversation with a black guy here in the church, and he and I were talking about that. It doesn't justify it, but it definitely brings explanation. And we talked about how, like, I love my wife, I love my son, but there's been times when, like, I'm trying to convey a point to them, and I end up losing my temper or raising my voice because I feel like I'm saying it this way and you're not listening to me. Yes. Well, that is just the writing. I feel like now I have a better understanding of it mm-hmm. uh, they've been trying to say it they black the black community has been trying to say hold up this is not right since 1619 we've been trying to get this changed and uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes I watched uh, just a great session with him and he talked about like even July 4th you know something that we celebrate our freedom as a country but if you go back to 1776 the black community is not free America is not free to them you know and man, that like when he said that, I'm like, oh, pierce my heart, you know, mm-hmm. because that is just I'm beginning to see it in a whole different light. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a group of people. There's so much I want to say on this, mm-hmm. but you, you brought up the phrase Black Lives Matter. Um, when I say that phrase, help help me help those that are watching understand more importantly what that means and how they cannot if there are those that are watching and i'm sure they are that they were like me uh, a couple of years ago when i heard that phrase that infuriated me because going back to the media what i saw associated with black lives matter is rioting and all this negativity and antifa Mm -hmm. but i'm beginning to understand wait a minute all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And that means when I go in reverse, it's like if there is systemic oppression, black people are continually, they start out in the negative, you know, because of the poor school systems, because of their inner opportunities to get loans, because the so many of the young men in their community have been incarcerated because our our system, our broken system, our racist system has thrown the book at them for petty crimes and now the men are no longer in the home that has perpetuated the, 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 the suffering and oppression inside of the black community. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now I get it. Black lives do matter. And until we recognize as a culture, as a society, that we've got to fix that problem, we're going to continually see some of these struggles and I, I, I kind of I presented that to ask you guys how y'all felt about it, but then I kind of went off on how I felt about it. So let me know what do you guys think when I well, say I, Black Lives Matter and what does it mean? Well, I, I think um, rather than the Black Lives do matter, it must be Black Lives must matter. Okay. You know, okay. 
and just this this is for me i'm i would like to be a head coach i believe that i um i can lead a program i think i have great ideas um i, I believe i can guide young men and and i have thoughts and and you know th that that can advance you know any university and program and but do I really think they care about my thoughts and my ideas if they don't care about my life? Mm. Like, what do my thoughts and ideas matter on my job if they don't care about my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's, the, and, and so when I say, you know, black lives matter and someone responds, but all life matters or, but what, a, the, once there's a but, there's a problem, mm -hmm. you know, because that means you don't see what's going on and, and everybody's always, like you said, because of insecurities, everybody's always ready to respond. And, and if mm -hmm. you're sitting there, and I know, this, I do this with my wife, she's trying to tell me what I'm, you know, and, and while she's talking, I'm already thinking of my answer in my head, <laughs> oh, because God, I want to know how I'm gonna come back and win the argument or whatever it is. Yeah, but if true. I'm thinking of the idea to respond, or as I saw one psychologist said, if you're raising your hand while someone is talking, that means you're not listening. We, we just need to listen. That mm -hmm. that. Our, our young people, our, our men, they, our women, they need to know mm -hmm. that their lives are important. And, and what's the, the craziest thing is that, you know, we have all these people, they say they're pro-life, but they're not protesting about these lives that are going, dying. They're not protesting mm -hmm. about the lives on the border mm -hmm. of the, uh, the Mexican kids who are, who are dying in, in little cases. No, no, where, where's that if you're really pro-life? So you, you're really mm -hmm. pro-birth. Yeah. And then when that birth gets old, then you don't really care about their life if Big George is dead. Yeah, I, so those are, those are frustrations, Yeah. okay? I'm not, I don't know if that's an explanation. It's a frustration, but when we say you take a knee to bring, um, I'll shed light on it. And you know, we, we are to be the salt and the light of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. right? And light, you know, brightens right and mm -hmm. drives away darkness but it also exposes mm -hmm. what's there mm -hmm. and this is what's going on right it's being exposed right now and pastor you're doing a great job of allowing mm -hmm. us to expose how we think mm -hmm. and how we really feel and things that we would rather not look at because they're not you know we don't want to deal with that mm -hmm. right you know and so if when people I, I, the the best analogy i saw was someone's house was burning and the fireman came mm -hmm. and the fireman was trying to put out the house that was burning and the other people was like, hey, well, how about water in my house too? You know, my, my house matters. Well, your house not on fire. Oh my Ours God. is. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That just, it, con it convicted me. Um, talking about listening and how many times have we set up with mm -hmm. our defensive mechanisms mm -hmm. and I think that was the catalyst for change in my own perspective this time is that I called black men I said help me understand how you feel those that have kids young boys it just helped me see it in a different light and then um, I, 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 I just got so stirred up I, I went and I pondered what I heard and let the light illuminate the dark corners of my life, mm -hmm. things that I've uncomfortable. You mentioned that phrase earlier that maybe I wasn't ready to go there yet. And I would just encourage those of you that are watching, um, 
really examine your heart. In fact, let the Lord examine your heart. Mm -hmm. And when He wants to prune those unfruitful things in your life, uh, you're going to have to let Him because when He when He prunes those things that aren't giving life, those that are are going to bring that much more life. Mm -hmm. And some of us have had some flawed ideology, uh, some bad or poor defensive mechanisms. And it is really time that we let the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, drive our lives. Come on, are we, are we the children of God? Are we the salt yeah. and light or not? Uh, it, it, sit down and have some difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Have conversations with your kids. Maybe it's with your parents. You're, adult, you're an adult now and you got to go back to your parents and help them or apologize to them, whatever it may be, and just let's get this right. We all have a part to play. We, we've got to, We've got to get. Uh, we've got to get better. I, I took away from your no, opportunity go, no, to say. You no. But on, on um, a couple of things, you posted something. Uh, let me don't, don't let me forget that. I want to come back to that in a second. I want to just finish this thought on the whole. All lives, Black Lives Matter, and you said something earlier about in October, breast cancer awareness, and we're not arguing and bickering over the other cancers. Uh, mm -hmm. and, hey, bring light, shed light on this. No, mm -hmm. that's in a lot of time. Every weekend, nearly, when I open up Scripture, I often use that phrase, um, what good is context, or what good is a text without context? And I feel like that has helped me understand Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. or Black Lives Must Matter, as mm -hmm. you've said, because there's a context to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw this just in, in studying and looking. One of my friends, he said, Jesus didn't say all, all lives matter every time. He said, Samaritan's lives matter. Yes. Gentiles' lives matter. Yes. Jews' lives matter. Then he went to the prostitute and he said, the prostitute's life matter. Yes. Oh, God. He said, Suffer and let the children come unto me. The little children's lives matter. The yeah. lepers' lives matter. That's true. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, his life matter. It doesn't, just by quantifying a, a, a people group, mm -hmm. their lives matter in the context of where we are right now in history, in culture, mm -hmm. in American history, black lives must matter more than they ever have because we have set ourselves as a country so much farther behind than where we should be, especially as a Christian nation, where we are uh, all lives should matter, but black lives have suffered mm -hmm. for decades and centuries. Mm -hmm. And um, I, you, you talked about the those dates, and you know, I don't know what all this means, but I knew that God called us here, Ashley and I, to build a diverse church. And we fell in love with Waco because of the diversity that's represented, not just in the black community, but the Hispanic community yes. and uh, the white community. And, and there's even a small percentage of Asian. Uh, uh, most of those come through Baylor. But we just thought, man, there's an opportunity to bridge the gap, to be the bridge, to celebrate the diversity that's in this community, come together. And we knew it was going to be harder because, again, it, it's I, that means I'm going to have to have conversations with people that don't think like me. I'm going to have to learn how to pastor people that don't vote like me, you know. But it's worth it. 
because we're one blood and we're better together. And my birthday is June 19th. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Hey. <laughs> and I'm, I'm committed this year. I'll turn 36. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but the Lord's been dealing with me about making my birthday a birthday that really celebrates the diversity in our community and specifically the black community because I know that date is significant uh, to black Americans. But, all right, I didn't forget. You said something just really quickly, uh, talking about how we can speak up, and we're going to wrap this up, but I, I know in Scripture, Luke chapter 10, it talks, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. And the truth is, is we are, as the body of Christ, as believers, we're all called to be the Good Samaritan. In that specific story, there's two other, there's the religious, the priest, the pastor, that sees the need but goes around the need because it was inconvenient and it would require something of him. The Good Samaritan, although, goes there, jumps off his horse, his ride, so to speak, and gets down and helps. Again, before you can stand up and speak out, you need to sit down and find out what the real issue is. When, we, when it comes to speaking out and to, and to standing up and to, uh, what we need to say, you posted something, you reposted and talked about it. Everybody has a lane to run in. Will you talk about that mm. just a little bit? Yeah, um, just talking about everybody has a lane. And maybe your lane is to protest and maybe your lane is to work in a diverse environment. Maybe your lane is to uh, make a phone call, you mm. know, but you have to stay in your lane. We can't expect everyone to say, well, if you're going to stand up, you got to do everything, you know, or you don't matter. Um, we want, I mean, I, I feel like you do need to be um, effective in making change, like Tank said, but just re- run your lane. That's a, pr- a practical, I'm running my, my lane in, in mentoring, but everybody can't have a mentoring program. And I understand that. So, um, I feel like we shouldn't jump all on, on all of each other because you're not doing what I'm not doing. Because I have to watch myself as well. That says they could be running a mentor program. You know why can why come why come this church ain't doing so great in in reaching out to to young minorities? I can be real quick to jump, but I said that may not be their lane. You know, and so I want to support people and what they're doing, and I, as well as that them support me. So I think that is a real practical way of. Like finding what you're called to and do that really well. And that's that's how we're going to see. My wife, she's really big in education. She has been a teacher for a long time. She's a great teacher. She's taught in some of the worst schools in Texas. She's getting her master's degree in education. She wants to make a big difference in education. Yeah. That's not my lane. But I'm supporting her in that by paying that bill. <laughs> no. but, but I'm supporting her in, in that in that uh, area that she is, is that she's interested in. Um, man, we're going to have to wrap up for time's yeah. sake, but I, I want us to close with three separate prayers. Uh, I'm going to lead a prayer of repentance for those of us, those of you watching, those in the room, um, that you maybe God has been pricking your heart over the last few days and weeks. Uh, it's so powerful, you know, to start with that I'm sorry, not only to those around us, but to the Lord for not loving as He loved. And we know Jesus, when he walked this earth, he led with compassion. Compassion towards people that didn't look like him. Compassion for the down and out. 
the compassion for those that had suffered from racism, like the Samaritan woman and the woman at the well. He, it, scripture says he must, he, he needed to go through Samaria. He didn't need to uh, in terms of geography over the road took him that way. No, he went there for a divine destination and an appointment with a Samaritan woman who wasn't married once but five times and the guy that she was with wasn't even her husband but Jesus saw her and needed to speak to her. In the same way, I believe that God has put some people in your life that you need to go to them. You need to have a difficult conversation with them and maybe you need to repent and ask them for to forgive you for holding a, a grudge against them or holding an ill-conceived uh, bad ideology, racist thought towards them. And I'm going to lead that prayer for all of us today. And then I'm going to ask Darius uh, to lead a prayer and then Coach Tang to wrap it up. But if you will, just right where you are, bow your heads and let's pray. Lord, we're thankful that you are a gracious and forgiving God. And your word says that while we were still sinners, while we are still offensive to you, you uh, you gave your life for us. And so uh, you've shown us how to forgive those that have uh, been harsh and critical uh, to you. So we're just saying a prayer of repentance. People that we've judged incorrectly, people that we've held uh, negative mindsets against, people that we've treated differently because of the color of their skin or the area of town that they're from. Lord, forgive us of having the impure hearts, evil darkness inside of our hearts. And we ask that the light of Christ would illuminate uh, every corner of our lives, every corner of our, uh, of our mind and renew our minds. Uh, let us be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let us think differently. Uh, Lord, it's going to take, as, as Coach Tang said, this is, this is a hard issue. These conversations must be had inside of the church. It, it's more than legislation. It's more than a protest. It's really at the heart, it's a sin issue. And we're just mm -hmm. asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Lord, help us to love <laughs> as you love. Yeah. People, red, yellow, black and white, they are precious in your sight. Mm -hmm. Lord, I, 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 I just pray that you would help us see the way that you see so that we can love the way that you have loved us. Forgive us of our sins uh, as, and, and cleanse our hearts. Search us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you so much for um, having your hand on our city and having your hand um, in our state and our, in our, in our nation. God, I thank you that you are the God of breakthrough. And God, we are leaning on you and trusting on you for every um, part of change in our, in our uh, criminal justice system and, and in every field, God, that, Thank you, um, at, whether it be athletics or um, business, uh, big business, God, I thank you that you're just canceling out all systemic racism, God, supernaturally. God, I thank you that you just continue to put your hand on our hearts, that you just change us um, from the inside out, God, that you would just, we will see a miraculous change, God, in our nation in 2020, that we will look back and remember yes. the day that we seen breakthrough. And God, we will forever give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Father God, we're so honored, Lord God, that you chose us for this time, Lord God. Father God, thank you for Pastor Chuck, yeah. his vision and his thank leadership, you. Lord God. Lord, thank you for Glory Bell Church 
and this family that loves and embraces diversity, mm-hmm. God, that diversity doesn't scare us, it empowers us, yeah. it makes us stronger. Yes. Yeah. God, thank you for allowing us to see things from different perspectives, Lord God. And Lord, thank you, Lord God, that nothing is too difficult for you. Yeah. Lord, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord yes. God. And God, we need your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to fill us up and empower us, Lord God, to break through walls that have existed for hundreds of years, Lord God. Father God, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to rise up in us and allow us, Lord God, to be able to communicate, Lord God, with people, Lord God, that are different than us. Lord, those that we have feared, Lord God, on both sides, Lord God. Father God, we need the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to to, to join this community together, Lord God. Police officers and teachers and doctors and lawyers and pastors, Lord God. And and Lord God, that all of us would understand, Lord God, that we are one race. Mm-hmm. And you had one son, mm-hmm. and he died for all of us. For yes. All of us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father Holy God, Spirit. Lord, your word requires us, Lord God, to repent. It requires us yes. to learn how to do good. Yes. It requires us to seek justice. Mm-hmm. Father God, it requires us to help the oppressed, yes. Lord God. Lord, that that would stir in our soul, Lord God, that we would help the oppressed, Lord God. And it requires us, Lord God, to take care of our orphans and our Mm -hmm. widows, Lord God. Lord, let us be that church. Those are non-negotiables in your word, Lord God. Let us be that type of church, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we would do the non-negotiables and you would be honored with all that's done and all that's said, Lord God. Holy Spirit, have your way way, with us. Thank you, Jesus. Guide us and lead us and fill us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to walk in boldness Mm -hmm. and courage, Lord God, and understanding, God, that you go before us. Lord God, we praise you for the victories that's coming, Lord God. Father God, we we praise you for the walls that's going to come falling down, Lord God. Lord, we praise you, Lord God. Ahead of the the battle, Lord God, because you are going to receive the victory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on, right where you are, would you put your hands together? Thank God for what he's doing. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit. We said it last week. If we're going to withstand the pressure of the pandemic, it is going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. I want to say again to Coach Tang, thank you so much. To Darius, Officer Brown, uh, thank you for sharing so candidly, helping us learn and helping us learn to love people that don't look like us. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.